Yesterday we did the seven levels of Sunnah from the Maktabat al-Baniya of Imam al-Bani Majlul Fasani Ramtale. Then Hazrat Khwaja Muhammad Masum Ramtale has also commented on his father's classification of these seven levels in his Maktubat, which is volume 1, letter number 140. And of that he writes that of all of these seven levels of Sunnah, <coughs> the first two are Tasbi. So the first two, again, if you remember, was the first was the outer adherence to the sunnah and the second was the inner adherence to the sunnah in terms of character third was the inner adherence to the sunnah in terms of kithiyat and spiritual states fourth level was to get the hakikat of the sunnah which was called tamkin kalb which I had mentioned to you that once you have the first three levels then simply having the first three for some time brings the person to the fourth level the fifth level was to get the kamalat and abuwa and this was just a blessing on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the sixth level was to get the maqam in mahbubiyyah of the Prophet to be beloved to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the way the Prophet was beloved to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the seventh level was a combination of all of the previous levels and took place after Uruj and it took place at Nuzul uh, and these were the seven levels that we had done last time and the seventh level was that maqam of not let's say maqam in which there's no differentiation and no distinction, that was the Tabe and the Mutabu, that was Ittihad Nisbat, that was the sweetened and the sweetener. So these were the seven levels of these Imam uh Muhammad that the first two are Kasbi because they are related to actions of the inner and outer. What does it mean it has to do with Amal? Your own Amal. Zahir Amal is the first level, that your outward form is like the Sunnah of the Prophet and the Batan Amal means you make sure that your character, your personality, your traits, your feelings, your thoughts, your emotions not spiritual state, but your emotional feelings and your otherwise thoughts are like the sunnah. That is also our own kasub. Kasub means our own earning based on our own effort. And the kasub based that is an amal based on our own actions and deeds. The third level is what we in Arabic says min wajhin kasbi and min wajhin wa'bi. It is, and one aspect of it is kasbi and one aspect of it is wa'bi. Wahab comes from Allah Ta'ala's name Wahab that is the bestowal of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala so the third level what was that? that was spiritual states why? that because the beginning of the spiritual states were to come Mubadiyat and Muqaddamat means the beginning of spiritual states so the beginning of Hayat the beginning of Taqwa the beginning of Sabr the beginning of Sugar that is Kasbi that is based on a person's own action of Dhikr and Dua to Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala but these spiritual states, fi nafsihi, in of themselves, getting the actual taqwa, actual haya, actual sabr, actual shukr, all of the ten makamata ashra, to actually get them the way they should, to attain or obtain them the way they should be attained, that is only going to be of the stole of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that is only the wahab of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The fourth darja, the fourth level of doing a fourth darja, fourth level of doing amal and sunnah is wahbi is bestowed. However, this also has to do with its viewed as bestowed, but nonetheless, it also has to do with the person's etikad. Etikad means our outlook that is based on our akida. One is our akida, one is our etikad. Akid is the tenets of belief and creeds and articles of faith that we hold. Etikad is the submission of our entire outlook and temperament and perspective to that akida. So that becomes a person's etikad. So that means now a person's etikad should be according to that akid of Ahl Sunnah wal Jamaat that we had mentioned earlier. And amal and a person's action plays some role in getting that fourth stage. 
The fifth and the sixth stage are even higher exalted than this and what to write about the seventh. That's all Fajrman Masurante says. So one can see even the son bows before the father. Right? All he writes us that the fifth and sixth stage are even above this and what can one say about the seventh uh means what can we write about the seventh? What can we say about the seventh? So Imam Azufajamalan Masuna stops over there. Then uh commented on this and said Then why are we reading these things? So as you said that the khawas of the Aqlullah, this means the particular select and elect of the folk of Allah Subhanahu we are reading and reciting their azwaq or their spiritual states and spiritual acumen for two reasons. Number one is so that we can feel our own humility and deficiency. That when we compare ourselves to them, we will be, realize how deficient we are as Salafin and then we will be humbled. Because if a person doesn't read any of this, then a person may think, oh, mashallah, I'm drinking to buy sunnah, and look at this, and this, and this, and I've attained the level of sunnah. And so when a person reads this, then they realize, no. Uh, so to be informed of one, to inform and realize one's own humility and deficiency, that's the first reason. And the second reason is that so we would see what is called the, the kamal of our akabir, the perfection of our elders. And when we have perfection of our elders, and we have certain convention of a certain conviction and faith in that, so that also has its own barakat. What does it mean? That obviously when you're following a path, if you know in detail how amazing and wondrous were the shaykhs of that path, then you will follow that path in more earnest, more sincerity, more desire, more passion, because you're convinced of the perfection of the path when you get a glimpse into the perfection of the, the people of the path, the mashaykh of the path. And... When we do that, then what will happen? Our love for them, our mahabba for our mashayikh will increase. And when our mahabba for the mashayikh increase, then we will be able to obtain the glad tidings of the words of Sayyidina Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, al that a person will be in the akhirah with he whom they love. And so the notion here is then that the real mahabba is based on their tasawwuf. The real love and affinity we have for our mashayikh and that nisbat of mahabba is going to be based on this love that we have for their spiritual selves. Means it's the love of the kulub, it's the love of the spiritual hearts, and all oh, your heart will fall more in love with the spiritual hearts of the Messiah when you realize what amazing spiritual hearts they have. Then Imam Nabani says in Maktabatul Majadid, Volume One, Letter Number Forty-Four. Because Sayyidina Rasulullah Wasallam is the Mahboob of Rabbil Alameen and the Mahboob, the beloved of Allah Subhanahu who is the Lord of all of the universes. Therefore, anybody who follows this ittiba of the Sunnah of the Prophet Wasallam, then that following the Prophet will be a means for them also to get the level of Mahboobiyah to become the beloved of Allah Subhanahu wa Why is this? Because Allah Ta'ala is the Muhib, He is the lover. And whomsoever the lover, means Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala, capital L lover, whomsoever Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala sees, 
bringing the same akhlaq and adat, the same character and habits of his beloved and the Prophet then Allah Ta'ala will also make that person his beloved. Then Imam Khadim uh, al-Masum, that writes in Matam Masumi, volume 1, letter number 22, that we should view this as our great honor and happiness and good fortune, that if we can have some type of mushabiha, or if we can bring to rise some similarity and resemblance to Sayyidina Rasulullah in every single action that we do, even if that, whether that action is just a habitual mundane aspect of life, or whether that action is from the ibadat, from the acts of worship, or whether it is from the mu'amalat, or the interpersonal dealings that we have with others. In every sense we should try to bring the resemblance to Sayyidina Rasulullah Sunnah. And even in what it says of the world of majaz, what it's referring to in metaphorical in metaphorical realm, what it means is that in ishki majazi, so even in romantic love, as opposed to real love, so real love ishki akiki is love for Allah subhanahu wa taala and love for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa taala and the name of Allah subhanahu wa taala and ishki majazi, you can call metaphorical love, illusional and delusional love. It means romantic love. So khaja khaja. Even in the realm, in the world of romantic love, that if somebody loves another person, if somebody loves the person, so there's a lover and a beloved, and then if the lover sees that anyone even resembles their beloved, then they will start loving that person just because they have resemblance to that beloved, and that person will become lovely and beautiful and attractive in the eyes of the lover. Why? Because of their mushabir, because of their resemblance to their beloved. So if this is true in the realm of metaphorical love or worldly love, right, then this is also going to be the true for the real love, which is the love between Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and uh, His Ibad. And just like that, then the friend of the beloved will become dear to the lover. The friend of the beloved will become dear and beloved to the lover. So the person who becomes the friend of Sayyidina Rasulullah and that is also a way that if you follow the Sunnah, you revive the Sunnah, you become a friend to the Sunnah, and you become a friend to the Prophet. So not here, but Hazi often gives the example of a mother who loses her son, and then if she's walking and she sees a boy who happens to look just like her son, and reminds her of her son, so she automatically gets attracted towards that boy, even the boy is not her son, just because the boy bears some outward resemblance or has some mannerism or physical features like her son. And that's something Hazrat used elsewhere to explain how Allah Subhanahu loves the people who will bear resemblance to the son of his beloved. Now, then the next thing is that Hazrat is going to, and very good for what we are doing at night, is that these seven darajat of Ittibai Sunnah will now be mapped uh, along with the asbaq of the Susla Aliyah Naqshabandiyah. So put the seven levels of Ittibai Sunnah on one side and then put the uh, asbaq of our Susla Aliyah Naqshabandiyah on the other side and this is how they correlate. So the first 15 lessons, should we have completed that last night, that is the seven lathayat of Alam Amr. Five lataif of alam amr, two lataif of al- five lataif of alam amr, two lataif of alam khalq, seven lataif, two lessons eight nine of tahleel of laila Allah, one of muraqab ahdiyat, and eleven to fifteen of the muraqab mushanabat, which are again of the lataif of alam amr. If you take those fifteen lessons, so after completing the first lesson, after a person completes the fifteenth lesson and reaches the sixteenth 
which is Maya, the person gets what is called Vilayat Sugra, or they get the lesser Vilayat, or lesser, as you just call it Vilayat Sugra, a person gets Vilayat Sugra. Before they completed that, then during that journey and something that was necessary to reach that 16th lesson was to do the first level of the Sunnah, which was Ittiba of the outer form of Sunnah. To outwardly follow the Sunnah would be required. After the 15th lesson, when they reach the 16th lesson, then they get Walayat Sugra, which equals the second level of Ittiba Sunnah. What does that mean? That when they get Walayat Sugra, their Adab and Arflaq and their Batin are supposed to be according to the Sunnah of Sayyidina Wasallam. Then after Walayat Sugra, the next stage is called Walayat Kubra, in Walayat-i Kubra, a person gets the third daraja of Ittibai Sunnah, which was that a person's kefiyat and spiritual states become like the Prophet Sunnah. Then after they get Walayat-i Kubra, there's something called the Walayat of the Anbiya. And when they reach the level of Walayat-i Anbiya, then they get, in which they are, if you will, traveling in the realm of all of those three Sunnahs. So when they reach Walayat-i Anbiya, they get the fourth level of Ittibai Sunnah. Then after Walayat-i Anbiya, they get the, the Kamalat of the Ulul Azam Anbiya. This is a, you will see this, this is a particular maraqabah that, of Kamalati Ulul Azam. Ulul Azam again are those Anbiya of firm and steadfast, resolute, resolve. So when a person reaches the sabak of the Kamalati Ulul Azam, <coughs> a person reaches the sixth level of Ittibai Sunnah and then after that the final level is where a person the final level of Asbaqar known as the Kamalati Muhammadi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam when a person reaches those Asbaq then they achieve perfect Ittiba means that they've achieved the seventh daraja of ittiba sunnah prior to that they don't have tamil ittiba prior to that they have naqis ittiba they don't have complete ittiba in the sunnah so that means that and then how did you comment here that we should reflect that our whole life up to this point has been spent thinking that ittiba sunnah is simply following the outward form and the inner character we didn't even know that there were the seven level of the rajat of Ittibai Sunnah. And this is also one of the khususiyat and tazaya, one of the special and particular merits and virtues of the Sisla Ali Naqshabandiya, that they take a person to all, through all of these levels of Ittibai Sunnah. The path can take a person through all of these levels of Ittibai Sunnah, ultimately up to the level of the rajat of Kamalat, in the, one, the states of wonders and perfections of the seventh love of uh, Ittibai Sunnah. Then what happens if a person gets those Kamalati, uh, Nabuwat and Ulul Azam, Risalat and Ulul Azam, and Muhammadi and Ahmadi Sallallahu then what will happen in their life, then they will get the certain kefiyat of the Prophet Sallallahu They will get a taste of the, the kefiyat of Zuhud, of Tawakkul, and they will get a, a, a nasib, they will get a portion or a share of those kefiyat. And this is known as Kamal Ittibai Sunnah. And this, this level of Kamal Ittibai Sunnah was first and foremost apportioned out to Sayyidina Abu Bakr, a Siddiq, radiallahu ta'ala anhu. And Imam Rabbani Mujal Fisani Ramtai has written that when a person reaches the seventh level of Sunnah, then this is such a level of Ittibai Sunnah that the 
Azir is commenting before the Tafark, the distinction, differentiation with the Tabe and the Matbu ceases to exist, means the follower and the followed, the follower of that Sunnah and the one being called the Sunnah becomes indistinguishable, so much so that even the onlooker and newcomer is able to distinguish between the two. And another term for this is knuckle becomes the asl. So the knuckle, which is the imitation, the imitation, uh, becomes actually like the asl, it becomes real. Or you can say the counter, but the imitation becomes the real. And the person who is an onlooker cannot distinguish between the asl and the knuckle. And the proof for that is when Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq went to Medina Manora, and the people in Medina Manora started shaking the hands of Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq. Yani, they were thinking that he was the Prophet So what happened, the knuckle was so close to the asl, the copy was so close to the original, that it was difficult for people to recognize the difference between the two. And the Medina could not recognize who was the Tabe, who was the Matabu, who was the follower, Yani Sayyidina Bakr sequence, and who was the one being followed, Sayyidina Rasulullah Wasallam. Who is the leader and who is the servant, Yani, who is the leader and who is the follower. And Sahaba Ikram, because they all had these kamalat, so they had so much ittiba of the Prophet ﷺ that when anybody came from outside, any delegation came from outside, they would have to ask that who, man minkum Muhammad ﷺ, which one of you is the Prophet ﷺ. And their actions were so closely mapped to the actions of Sayyidina Rasulullah So if we want then to have this perfection, we want to have a share of this Kamal Ittiba, then that means that we are going to have to complete all of the Asbaq of the Sisla Ali Naqshbandiya so that we get these Kamalad in our heart. Then we will become the Kamal Muttabeh or the complete and perfect follower of the Sunnah of Sayyidina Rasulullah Wasallam. Otherwise, the first level is simply the following the outward form of the Sunnah and, uh, and if we remain just on the first level then in our Batin will remain all of the filth uh, our filth, our inner, our bottom will be full of filth. This is what our condition is today. That in outward appearance, we have a beard, and we have a turban, and we are wearing a jubba, and but, uh, and we have done, we achieved the outer form, but, uh, we have not been able to get the inner form. And then Hazrat recited an Urdu poem that Man apna purana papi hai That our batin is an old Decrepit old man Barsum in namazi ho nasaka And after so many decades have passed So many, many, many ages and years have passed We were not able to make our man, our batin namazi Namazi means salah We couldn't make our batin musalli Our batin could not become an abid But our outside, outer form was abid Then next thing, next Topic in this chapter is the importance of Sunnah, Ahmiyat of the Sunnah. Sayyidina Hazrat Khadr Mahmud Masrur writes in his Maktabat, Volume 1, Lecture Number 22, and he's addressing someone, so he says, Oh my dear, in the near, uh, in the age that is near the end of time, it is a time of Qurb Ikhiyama, and this is a time of darknesses, and a multitude sea of darknesses that is surrounding us in this age, and he is writing this. 350 or 380 years ago, right? And this is a whole world that is engulfed and re- revolving around this darkness, that is engulfed and drowned in this darkness, and is continuing to be even further swallowed in this darkness. Lower, like black hole, 
right, is engulfed in being drowned in this darkness and is being further engulfed and drowned and ensnared in this darkness. So if in such a world there is a young man who can revive even any single sunnah, can there be such a young man in this time who can revive a sunnah and eradicate an innovation? So Subhanallah, this is how Hazrat Khadr Muhammad was writing probably some young Murid or some young prince because sometimes they used to write them over princes as well. In Maktabatul Manjadidi in volume number 1, lecture number 54, and that Imam Nabani Madhul Fasanim said that we should know with absolute yakin, absolute certain faith and conviction that the sohba of a bidati, that keeping the company of a person of bidda, the corruption, the facade that will result of that is even worse, is even greater, any worse corruption than keeping the sohbah of an unbeliever. And if the facade of the sohbah of a bidati is even greater than the facade of the sohbah of a kafir. One way you can understand this is that one of the things that Ramashaki mentioned and we've done with you in previous years is sohbah of virgins, to keep the company of somebody who's close but not alike. That is sometimes more dangerous than keeping the company of somebody who is altogether unlike. Because when you keep the company of a kafir, well, you know he's a disbeliever. So you are on guard and you're not, you're, all of your shields will be up, your defenses will be up. You are not going to be likely emotionally to be attracted to anything uh, that he does. But when you keep the company of a bidati, well, because you view them to also be Sunni, right? Huh? <laughs> you hear this? You hear this? You them also to be quote-unquote Sunni. Huh? So, you will be feel a compatibility with them, a congeniality with them, an affinity with them, and uh, their company will be more devastating on you. Why? Because whenever you see a path... There's a danger that when you're on the highway, you will get off and take the service lane. It's very unlikely that you're going to get off the highway altogether. So the service lane, that path that is close but not identical... That is the temptation that shaitan puts in front of you. And what will happen, it will have some similar features, but it will also be a bit easier. And that will make you give up all of this esas and johod and jiddat, all your mm, passion for exertion and effort. So you have to keep your eye firmly fixed on the mashayk of the tariqah and not look here and there to anything that you may feel in any alibina. The reason I said because many times people, especially from the West, ask questions, but... You know, I don't understand. Why do we have to be Deobandi and Sheikh so-and-so has this and that and but Sheikh so-and-so has this and that and do you really think that badly of Sheikh so-and-so and do I really have to think like that? No, you are supposed to not think anything. You don't even have to think badly of the service lane. You're not even supposed to be noticing the service lane. Your gaze and awareness should be entirely on the mishak of your own salah. When does your gaze get distracted to the service lane? When do you come up with things that in the shopping mother you don't have to have a full beard? When you come with atrocities and absurdities like that, when you took your gaze off from your ulama Adeba and you tried to be an international player on Atmosana Wazama. Allah keep down on the Bisan. Right? So you shouldn't do that. You shouldn't do that. That's why you will find also, I will tell you honestly, that for the West, uh, you have to see those Mashaik in the West how much thought look did they keep with wherever they studied? And if they studied somewhere, and maybe the people they studied were, were authentic people of Al-Sunnah al 
But when they return to their respective homes and they don't keep that rabata, they don't keep that ta'luk, they don't keep that sohba, they don't keep that khidmat because they get their own status. They don't do khidmat, they don't have that four things that are golden to keep the connection alive with their kabir, then they will start going astray. Then you will see examples in the West of all types of absurdities. Music will come in, co-education will come in, all types of pictures, lightness sheets, everything starts coming in because they start you know, uh, keeping the sohbah of the al-bidah, why is that more devastating? Because the nur that they got gets diluted by keeping the sohbah of the al-bidah. Right? They don't let the nur they get, they don't let the nur they receive get diluted by the company of the kufar. Fair? Alright. Then, uh, Imam al-Bayantin, volume number one, lecture number 114, has written a beautiful thing that makes it crystal clear and apparent what is the azmat or the immense majesty of following the sunnah of Sayyidina Rasulullah wasallam. and in that as Imam Bhavanta said that following the pasan, even following the likes and preferences even one drop of following the likes and preferences of Sayyidina Rasulullah wasallam, is many fold greater a blessing that if a person got all of the lazat and pleasures of this world, and even if they got all of the ukhrawi ta'annumat, which means the felicities and joys of the akhirah, getting all of the pleasures of this world and all the felicities of the akhirah, far superior to that would be even if a person was to do ittiba of even just the likes and preferences of Sayyidina Rasulullah wasallam. And then he writes that all fadila, all virtue and merit and blessing, lies in following the illuminous and brilliant sunnah of Sayyidina Rasulullah Wasallam, And all of uh, all bazurgi, all all greatness or all seniority or all rank all the Imam Bazurgi, all rank lies in following the ahkam of sharia. All rank is monhasir, all ranks are exclusively affiliated with the following of the legal injunctions and commands of the Sharia. And then he gives an example, the Imam Ran, because this famous example of his, that to take a nap, which is called Kailula, to take a nap in the afternoon, if a person takes that nap with the niyyah of Ittiba'i Sunnah, then that is far superior than even being up the entire night in worship, uh, because Ittiba'i Sunnah is Abzal. Uh, but he says actually that to be up To be up the entire night in worship in a way that is not according to the way the Prophet was. So Hazrat comments on this that if a person separate from the Sunnah spends the night in worship, so it's not talking about the Sunnah Tahajjah, right? I mean, that's the Sunnah of the Prophet and that's also Sunnah. But if in some way other than the Sunnah a person spends the night in worship, then millions of times greater than that way of spending the night in worship if they don't have ittiba'i sunnah niyat in that night worship, millions of times better than that is doing a small period of kailullah in the afternoon with the niyat of ittiba'i sunnah. Then Imam Rabbi also written volume 1 and letter number 37 that uh, and Imam Rabbi writes about himself that this humble one, this fakir, this humble, this needy, this ever and ultimately needy servant and slave of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala writes about his current hal in other words, Imam Nabiata is telling his kifiyat in this letter. 
And he says that for many, for a long period of time, for many years, I had ulu, ma'arif, ahwal, mawajid, different spiritual points of knowledge and subtle, intimate awarenesses of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and spiritual states and ecstasies were coming upon me with such abundance like uh, like a host of clouds come over a person. And they were coming in such abundance like a host of clouds coming one consecutively after the other. And whatever work I was supposed to do, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blessed me and enabled me to do that work from His inayah or as a special gift and a bestowal of His. So what is that? Uh, here Imam al is talking about this following of the sunnah, this inayah that was given to him, this bestowal, so Hazrat comments says that this is ittiba'i sunnah, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives his awliyaullah such a kamal and a perfect life the same way that Sayyidina Rasulullah got. What does this mean? So, Hazrat has explained at times that the Prophet had a kamal life, means everything that he wanted to do, he got it done. When he passed away from this world, there was nothing left unfinished, there was nothing incomplete. So Imam Rabbanath is saying the same thing, that whatever calm, whatever work I had wanted to do, it was fulfilled and completed. And I have Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the Hazrat is commenting is, why did Imam Rabbanath get this? Because of this kamal itibai sunnah. So then one aspect of this kamal itibai sunnah is that a person's life resembles the sunnah life. And one feature of the sunnah life of the Prophet ﷺ was that everything that he wanted to do, he achieved and accomplished perfectly and completely and nothing left to remain unfulfilled. So Imam Rabbanath was writing this about his own hal, but this is how he feels that whatever work and task he felt that Allah Ta'ala had appointed him to do, he had done so completely. Alright, now let's return. So you will see that, uh, who was the, so as he said that in this entire history of the world, who was the first person who had ever made such a statement? Uh, and what is that statement? That the purpose for which I was sent to this world, I have completely and absolutely fulfilled that purpose and mission. That was Sayyidina Rasulullah who made the statement in front of 124,000 of his Sahaba on the occasion of Hajjatul Mudah. And all of those 124,000 Sahaba did tasdeek of that. They verified that. They bore witness to that. Otherwise, if you look at any other person, uh, and this is the incident where Sayyidina he raised his finger and he testified to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the Sahaba Kram, they testified to this as well. Otherwise, if you look at every other human personality in history, their life was incomplete. There was life incomplete. In all of the history of humanity, you only find one common life one common biography, one common life history of achievement, and that is the life of Sayyidina Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi sallam and the Prophet ﷺ made this announcement not in the cover of the darkness of the night but he made it in the brilliance of the daylight he didn't make it alone or to a few people rather he made it in a grand assembly of all of his companions 124,000 companions and he made this standing in front of them openly and clearly so and what was that statement that oh people know that that mission and message with which I was sent to this world 
that I have completely delivered that message and the Sahaba Ikram and I have completely fulfilled the amana and the trust that was bestowed upon me by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and 124,000 Sahaba Ikram they did the seek and they verified this and said yes Nabi Ikram you have delivered that message and then Allah subhanahu then Nabi Ikram raised his finger and said Allahumma shahad that oh Allah I want you to bear witness that there I have also said it and they have also each and every one of them has verified that Allah ta'ala I want you to bear witness Two, that I have fulfilled the mission and message of my life and the purpose for which you had sent me onto earth. So anybody who has Kamil Mushabi with Sayyidina Rasulullah who has perfect resemblance with the Prophet and perfect similarity to the Prophet then their life, uh, their life will have a similar, uh, their life will also have a similar fulfillment in it. That's what I was saying, that whatever work I wanted to do and whatever task I set myself to do. So with the inaya in his respiring to Allah SWT, it was the bestowal and gift of Allah SWT that I was able to fulfill and complete every task that I set out to do. Then Imam Rabban then continues the quote and he writes it now, after doing all of this lifetime mission of his own and all tasks are completed, now I have no other single wish in my heart that remains except that I should revive more and more Sunnah of the Prophet and I should Okay, what he's saying is that I wish only and only to revive the Sunnah and would that Allah subhanahu wa would take he's running about himself would that Allah ta'ala would take all of my ahwal and mawajid all of my spiritual states and ecstasies and transfer them over to the ahl and transfer all of those feelings to the people of Zok, so that I could spend my whole life simply reviving the Sunnah. And so that tells you comments on this that Imam Rabban is saying that all of these ahwal, mawajid, and kash, all of these spiritual states, ecstasies, and veilings that I have, all of them, Allah Ta'ala give them to the Ahl Zok. And for me, I only have one wish and desire left, and that I should just be reviving the Sunnahs of Sayyidina Rasulullah Means that what Imam Rabban was saying is that much more then getting these spiritual states and excellencies, he wanted that Allah Ta'ala to bestow upon him the sharif or the, the grace and honor and success to revive the sunnahs of the Prophet In volume 2 of the Maktabat al-Bana letter number 23, Imam has said that the greatest, uh, and it, he is, perhaps he wrote this letter to his son, but he writes that uh, the greatest advice that one could give to their dearest son and the greatest advice that one can give to all of their other friends and associates and fellows is simply this, that you should fall the ittiba of the sunnah of Sayyidina Rasulullah and you should, here he uses the term sayyah, you should stay away from bidat sayyah altogether and entirely. You should avoid the blameworthy innovations entirely. And then he writes that Islam uh, Deen of Islam has become gharib in this zamana. So again he's writing this 400 years ago. Imam Ibn is writing that Deen of Islam is, gharib has become like a stranger. Right? It has become bayar or madagar. It has become friendless without friend and without helper. So Deen of Islam has become like a stranger in this time. It has become without friend and without helper meaning helpless and unaided. And the Muslim also, the Muslim, the fall of Islam has also become without friend and without helper has become estranged and weak.